Welcome to the West Virginia Soccer Association Beyond the Pitch podcast on the WVSA Digital Network. From the Dick Sporting Goods Studios in Charleston, West Virginia, here's your host, Marcus Cole. Welcome to the podcast. Before we welcome our guests, I want to remind you to like, subscribe, and share our program. This helps us get the word out to others and let them know that we're providing valuable information designed for soccer players, coaches, referees, and parents. Welcoming back to the program yet again, Dr. Ashley Coker-Cranny, Whole Brain Solutions. Doctor, welcome back. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. And we're excited to have you back. Unfortunately, our schedules could not mesh last month during uh, National Mental Health Awareness Month. So, But I, I thought it was extremely important to have you on the show to talk about a few things when it comes to our young soccer players and their mental health. So we're going to go ahead and dive right into the conversation. Um, I know some of our players, uh, young players, especially as they get to that high school level, even into college, they deal with performance anxiety and pressure in a competitive soccer environment. What are some things that they can do to effectively manage that anxiety and pressure that they're feeling? Yeah, I think one of the things that's really important for us to keep in mind is, is kind of the big picture of who it is that we are. You know, it's really easy to feel pressure when it's like, you know, everything that I have, everything that I am is writing on this next practice, this next game, this next, you know, recruitment letter, whatever that is. Um, and so it, it, I, I like to think of our identities as kind of um, almost an investment opportunity, if you will. So if I take my entire life savings and I put it into a single stock or whatever it is, you know, there's, there's high risk if something happens and that stock doesn't perform very well, right? My entire identity is is kind of threatened. Athletes can engage in that if their only thought is, oh, well, I'm an athlete and my worth is dependent on that. Who I am is dependent on that. Uh, who my friends are is dependent on that. How well it is that people accept me is dependent on that. All of those kinds of things, which can make it really difficult then for, for them to take risks, to be creative, to push themselves to grow, you know, all those things that we know that we really need in order to kind of feel like fully functioning individuals. So if we can kind of keep our identity in perspective and almost diversify where it is that we're spending our money, um, then that makes everything that we're doing a little bit less threatening. So yes, I am a soccer player and it's really, really important to me to be good at my position as midfielder, make sure that I've got the passes, I'm connecting, I'm moving, I'm doing all of the things that's important. And if I have a bad game, it's not the end of the world because it's also important that I am a quality teammate. It's also important that I uh, have good communication with my parents and that I'm strengthening that bond, that I'm doing well in school, um, that I follow my, my hobbies and my passions outside of soccer. So if at any point my performance in any one of those realms dips, I'm okay you know, that really takes the pressure off and I'm really free to just perform and, and grow and see what it is that I can do when I'm not investing every cent that I have in that one space. Yeah. When you have that perspective and you can kind of let go a little bit, it's amazing the level of performance that you can achieve in those situations. Absolutely. I mean, I think unfortunately, in, in some ways, we've developed a culture that says, well, if you want to make it to the next level, if you want to do the next thing, if you want to stay where you're at, you have to live, eat, breathe, whatever it is that you're doing. 
And while that has worked for some people, the vast majority of us, it just doesn't work for. That's just not how it is that we were designed to be. So embracing the variety and seeing how, oh, going out on a run with my best friends because we just need to blow off some steam actually helps me, you know, with my endurance and with my communication and, and all of those things that are not just the technical and tactical aspects of, of the game is really important. We'll have to discuss this down the road at some point of people who yeah. actually go out and run for fun. I don't get it. Don't <laughs> yeah, get it. Good. Don't get it whatsoever. <laughs> sure. Um, now, if some of our athletes are dealing with some mental health challenges, um, what are some what are some of those common things that they face, and and how can they go about seeking help, and more importantly, seeking support? Absolutely. I mean, common things that we that we face could be adjustments to a new coaching staff or a new, you know, club team or, um, you know, whatever, whatever that may be. It could be things going on in the family. It might be a new sibling. It might be changes with my parents. It might be relocating. You know, it could be just adjusting to general life stuff can can kind of disrupt our mental health it could also be mood regulated stuff um you know if we're talking about athletes who are in junior high and high school bodies are doing a lot of different things hormones are changing the the brain is developing you know there's there's always this kind of new influx of new information that our system is constantly adjusting to and so that can cause some you know irritability or um lack of enjoyment or things like that and and when those things become pronounced when those things become really disruptive and they're impacting maybe not just what's happening on the field but also in the classroom and in the home and all that kind of stuff then we know that there's there's potentially a, a mental health issue there that we kind of need to to work on and that's not to say that you know they're damaged or there's something wrong with them it's just okay, if you were sick and you had a cold and you needed medicine, you would go in and get that medicine from your doctor. So, you know, in terms of seeking out resources, it's kind of doing the same thing. Who is, who's the clinician who can help me find the right medicine? And that might literally be some kind of pharmaceutical, but it might also just be, oh, I just need to help um, shift the way it is that I'm seeing the world. I just need to shift where my priorities are. I need to learn new strategies for how to effectively communicate with people in my world. All of those things can positively impact mental health. And sometimes we just need a professional who's going to help us do that. We can find those professionals by just doing Google searches of sport counselors, sport um, psychology consultants, mental performance consultants, that kind of stuff. It could also be going to your school counselor seeing who it is that they know in their networks, opening up and telling a coach or a teammate, hey, I'm, I'm struggling. Have you ever gone through something like this? Who did you find valuable? Um, could be different books that are out there that might be useful, whether that's a here's a how to to improve things or whether it's just a, you know what, I need to know somebody else has been through it. I want to know what their story is. Um, there's lots and lots of resources out there. And I'm sure we can promise almost everybody that we've been through somewhere. Someone somewhere has been through that situation that you're currently going through. And there is always help out there. It's just the key is taking that first step and seeking out that help. A hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. Obviously parents and coaches are important in a young athlete's life. What are some things that they can do to promote positive mental health and emotional well-being when it comes to these players? 
Yeah. I mean, uh, coaches and, and parents can have a really strong influence on the psychological safety our players have. It's really important for coaches and parents to make sure that they are doing what they can to promote an environment where athletes feel safe enough to vocalize when they're feeling so overwhelmed, when they're feeling not quite themselves, when they're struggling with conflict with peers, all of those kinds of things. And, and we can promote a really safe environment by, you know, if it's practice, letting them know like, hey, for today, I want you to to chase failure, take a risk, do something, you know, that's how I'm going to measure your success today. Um, it, it could be through intentionally making sure that we're trying to meet those kind of basic needs that all human beings have. Everyone needs to feel a sense of belonging. So how is it as, as a parent or as a coach, how is it that I'm showing athletes that I care about them and that I'm promoting them caring about each other and showing that um, we all need to feel like we're good at something. Okay, well, how can I put them in situations where they can shine, where they can see um, the successes that I know that they can have? And that's not everything, but I need I need them to know that they're capable of it. And then the last is autonomy. How can I help them to understand that they do have agency, they do have free will and choice in what it is that they want to do and how it is that they want to move forward. And if I can help them to feel like they get those needs met around me, then they're going to be much more likely to be able to reach out to me and feel like they're safe enough to reach out to me and say, Hey, here's what it is. That's really going on with me. Yeah. Co yeah. Coaches just need to remember and parents too, that uh, these are more than just athletes. They're people. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah we get in trouble when we just turn them into machines. Right. Absolutely. And, and they're not, so we, we need to adapt. That's a, that's a big thing I think for, we need to really work on. Uh, we're speaking to Dr. Ashley Coker, Cranny, whole brain solutions, uh, mental health awareness month was last month. And uh, we wanted to make sure that we talked about the mental health and some tips and strategies and things to look out for in our young athletes that they might be dealing with, maybe that they're not talking to us about, but maybe we can, you know, show them the support that we can. Um, Okay. Say I'm a young athlete and, you know, we hear the term work-life balance. We hear burnout uh, from an adult level, but I think that can happen too from an athlete level, Absolutely. from, from being a student to being a son or daughter, to being uh, uh, an athlete and, and just everything that comes with it. Are there any specific strategies or techniques that you would recommend that these young athletes can use to maintain that good balance? Yes. Um, uh Parents are going to hate me saying this. So are coaches. Don't let your kids specialize young. It is important that kids develop both the physical literacy as well as the emotional and psycholo uh, psychological literacy that they need to be successful athletes. If you specialize too young, if if your kid is, is only playing soccer from the time they're six years old, not only does their risk, risk for overuse injuries increase because they're constantly putting the same kinds of strains on the same you know, musculature and skeletal um, processes as they typically are, um, but they aren't getting the same creative thinking opportunities that they might get if it was, okay, I play soccer for this period of time and then I go and I, I do track or I go play basketball or, you know, whatever it is. 
by being able to help them see how it is that their skills generalize across multiple domains and being in positions where they can create new friendships, new connections, they can learn new rules to games and new strategies and things like that, that really helps to prevent a lot of burnout. A lot of times we get burned out because it's kind of the only thing that we're doing. So making sure that we're making time for our kids to go to that family reunion at that water park or, um, you know, go try a new sport or take one night a week to go to a painting class or whatever it is, really encouraging that they're doing other things kind of for active recovery. I mean, if we think about how it is that we build muscle in the first place, you build muscle by by tearing down individual muscle fibers and then it grows by then having to kind of knit itself back together. But to do that, it needs time. And if we don't give it that recovery time, it's not going to knit back together. It will just continue to kind of be a, a hole that we're dealing with. So that means too, then that we're not just thinking about well, what activities or what hobbies or what other things are our kids doing, but are we making sure that they're getting enough sleep? You know, if we think about like what happens in a typical sleep cycle, the first half of your sleep cycle is where it is that you do all of your learning. That's where it is that you take all of the information you learn throughout the day and you consolidate it and you commit it to long-term memory and you make sure that like, it's kind of where it is that you need it. So if you just learned a new pass, you just learned a new pattern, you just learned whatever you need that first chunk of your, of your sleep cycle to really solidify that learning that night. But then the second half of your sleep cycle is where it is that we do all of the repairing. That's where those muscle fibers are actually knitting themselves back together. That's where all the neuron firing that you did that kind of broke some stuff down kind of gets repaired in those moments. It's also where it is that you don't necessarily have like an emotional um, response to anything that's happening in your head. So you're able to see information more objectively and then your brain kind of reorganizes it in a way that makes most sense. So we've got to make sure that our athletes are getting the sleep that they need both to learn and to repair everything that they're trying to do throughout the day. And of course, none of those processes can happen if they aren't fueling themselves right. So making sure that they've got the proper nutrition, making sure that they're really taking care of their hydration, um, making sure that we're paying attention to any other kind of physical things that might be coming up that are going to make those processes more difficult um, kind of in the long run. So yeah, when it comes to preventing burnout, I think so, so often people are like, okay, well, like what's the strategy that lets me keep doing what I'm doing and not have burnout? And the answer is the only cure to burnout is, is rest. The only way once you have moved from overload to overtraining, to staleness, to true burnout, the only solution is time away. And if that's not what it is that you want, you better figure out how to take that time away in kind of in those early stages, try a different sport, get some more sleep, whatever it is um, to prevent the burnout um, as it is. And then if you find yourself in a, in a position of true burnout, which includes lack of interest in things that matter to you, it includes um, a, a lack of feeling kind of accomplished even though you're achieving some of your goals, you know, if that kind of stuff is happening and then obviously there's kind of the fatigue component of it, you're truly there. The only way out is, is to take a break. Absolutely. Like that it works. And, and a lot of athletes do that. They take a break and then mm -hmm. they understand maybe, yeah, I really do miss this. I really do love what I'm doing. And that usually enforces a, a different level of commitment from them because you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder, so to speak. And um, yeah. yeah, I think that recovery and time off and, and yeah. so important uh, for our young athletes. Yeah. Um, you have new information and a new perspective. Of course, you're going to come back to it differently. Absolutely. That perspective mm -hmm. is amazing. Yeah. Um, 
as we wrap things up here on the podcast this week, um, I always get weird looks when I talk to people about this. Um, I love when my children fail and I love it when they fail within this protective bubble that they have of being young and in high school or even now in college. I love, you know, I always tell my kids, you're not too young to fail. And I love it when they do, because they're still in that protective cocoon, so to speak. And, you know, it, 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 hurts as a parent when they're hurting from a failure, but I think it builds resilience in them when they can, you know, bounce back from a setback or a failure. What are some things that players can do to help in bouncing back from those setbacks while also maintaining their uh, mental well-being? Yeah. If you're into sports psych, bear with me for a second, because I'm going to collapse a lot of terms that, um, if you know the field, you're going to say, oh, well, those things are different, but we use them all the same. So I'm just going to use them all the same. Whether we're talking about resilience, whether we're talking about mental toughness, we're talking about hardiness, we're talking about grit, all of those things. Yes, technically there are nuances that are different, but all of those things include this ability to bounce back after adversity. And the way that we tend to talk about all of those things is that they are qualities that either you have or you don't have. We tend to think that like people are just naturally born more resilient. They're just naturally born more mentally tough or gritty or hardy or whatever it is. When the reality is that none of those things is a fixed trait. And what I mean by that is they can get better and they can get worse. They can stay the same. They can, they can kind of be the same, but like look a little bit different in a different context. All of that is to say that it, none of it is fixed. You don't create a resilient athlete and then they're resilient forever. You help them to build skills that they need to exercise resilience in the moment. So when my coach suddenly leaves and I'm faced with a new coach that I'm not getting along with, if I have actively worked to build my resiliency skills, then I'm going to handle that a lot better than if I haven't had to build those skills at all. Now, how is it that we actually build resilience? Well, we get put in challenging situations and rather than somebody coming in and doing the work for us, we give ourselves the opportunity to see what happens when we try something different that we haven't done before. So many of the athletes that I see that really, really struggle with a lot of performance anxiety, um, with some depression, um, with difficult transitions to college, things like that. So many of them have been in situations where they've never really ever had to fail. They've always been the best kid on their team and they've always done all the right things and they've always won the awards. And, and all of a sudden they find themselves in a position where they're not top dog anymore and they don't know how to handle it. Even if you've got a kid who makes it all the way through college, and, and even all the way into the pros, at some point, they're going to be challenged. And so the biggest gift that we can give our children is to teach them that they can they can approach challenge and, and see it as a challenge, a true challenge rather than a threat, that they can approach it, that they can endure whatever emotional responses come up. Oh, I'm scared. Oh, I'm angry. Oh, I'm sad. Oh, I'm whatever it is that comes with that challenge. And then they can persist in the face of that challenge. Okay. Plans A, B, and C didn't work out the way that I wanted them to, but I kept trying. And when I finally did D, it worked out the way that I wanted. 
or maybe at the end of this game, I still lost. And I know that I'm going to face this opponent again. So what are the things that I'm going to do to make sure that I'm in a better position the next time that I see them later in this season or whatever it is that we're kind of dealing with? If we want to have more resilient athletes, we have to create resilient athletes and we can't give that to them. We have to give them opportunities where they are going to fail and maybe even make that fail absolutely inevitable and then be there with them while they process through what that's like. Oh, that hurt really, really bad to find out that I wasn't the best athlete. I hated that feeling. I know, I'm sure that you did. I know that whenever I've failed, it's been a, a really bummer kind of an experience and I don't like doing that either. And do you still wanna go back? Do you wanna be done and try something different? What is it that you wanna do? I think you got the skill set to go anywhere it is that you want to go. Let's go do it together. I'll be right there on the sideline watching you. So I think yeah. that's the key. That's the key yeah. is just giving those opportunities for them to be resilient, opportunities for them to bounce back. Yes. Yes. Give them, encourage them to chase failure and see that like, oh, there's some cool stuff that gets born from failure. It's, it's, we treat it like, okay, you're either a winner or you're a loser. Well, I think you're a learner either way, whether the outcome went in your favor or it didn't. Let's start seeing it as, okay, what did I learn? And I go back to like my kids, every single time they have a practice or a game, we do our three, two, one debrief at the end of it. What are three things you did well? What are two things you struggled with? What's one thing that you learned? I don't care what the outcome was. And I don't want to just know, okay, yes, I, I made this many goals or I connected that many passes you know, what was your focus like? What was your attitude like? How were you as a teammate? How were you as a leader? You know, those are all things to include in our debrief and really remember the big picture that there's always something to be learned. And if there's always something to be learned, then the outcome matters much less, which takes the pressure off and which builds resilience. And a lot of those do not lie within the numbers, the stats or anything. Ever. Yep. yep. It's, it's, it's amazing when you start looking for that kind of stuff where you can find it. Yes, exactly. You know, I played, I played horrible today, but I remember when Susie came off the bench and I, you know, I was right there to shake her hand and support her. And she was so excited and I shared in her joy. Yes. You know, I didn't have the win today, but I celebrated the win of one of my teammates. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I just had a game with my son the other day where he came off and he was like, man, mom, that just didn't feel like a great game today. And I said, okay, well, I mean, there's always things to appreciate about it. And, you know, there's things not to. And so we do our debrief. And then afterwards he goes, well, what did you think? I said, well, I think it's more important, whatever it is that you think. But if you want to know the one play that I was more proud of than any other play, it was when your teammate made a huge save and you walked over to that teammate from across the field and you made sure to tell him great job and give him a fist bump. That was my favorite play all, all day long. And then that changes the whole tone of, of what that experience was like. Yep, absolutely. Dr. Yeah. Ashley Coker Cranny, Whole Brain Solutions. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. And I know we're a little bit late with Mental Health Awareness Month, but we appreciate all the information you're providing to our community. I'm happy to do it and can't wait to come along again. And thank you for listening to the podcast. We hope we provided some valuable information today. And if we did, make sure you let everybody you know about know about our program. Just follow us on our social media channels, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search for us at WV Soccer. Take care, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the West Virginia Soccer Association Beyond the Pitch podcast. Make sure you like, subscribe, and share our program. Copyright 2023. All rights reserved.